This UTMB coverage is brought to you by Oladance, wireless Bluetooth headphones which deliver 19 hours of battery life, superior sound, the ability to still safely hear your surroundings, and an open-ear design so you can wear them for a long time without ear pain. If you're interested, head over to oladance.com forward slash ST and use code ST at checkout for $30 off their OWS2 headphones. Also, thanks to Pillar Performance, a sports micronutrition company that I was introduced to after having Sam Parsons from Tin Man Elite on the show a while back. I use their pineapple coconut flavored triple magnesium product, which delivers high potency magnesium glycinate for better sleep and added recovery during my training blocks. If you're an American-based listener, head over to thefeed.com forward slash pillar and use code SINGLETRACK in all caps for 15% off your order. For international listeners, the same code gives you the same discount. Just go to pillarperformance.shop instead. Finally, thanks to Kodiak Cakes, makers of my favorite pancake mix. It doesn't just taste great. It's also 100% whole grain and packed with 14 grams of protein per serving that helps with recovery. Go over to their website, get yourself a few boxes of the mix, and in the process, use code SINGLETRACK15 at checkout for 15% off your next order. With that, let's get to the show. Eric LaPuma, it's great as always to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Doing awesome, dude. Thanks for having me again. We, we got a fair bit to chat about when it comes to CCC, but there's additional exciting news. What, what's new in your world right now? I uh, just joined the Adidas Terex team. Um, so I'm over here in Chamonix with... The whole team, uh, been here since August 1st with everybody, uh, getting a lot of training runs in with teammates and hang out with everybody, getting to know the whole team is, it's, it's been awesome. It's just, it's really cool to have so much support going forward. How did this all happen for you? How'd you get introduced? All that kind of stuff. Um, I think it was a combination of multiple people, maybe talking about me or like knowing a lot of people on the team. I had sent Robert an email last year, um, but it just, it wasn't the right time yet. And after Worlds this year, the ball got rolling a little bit more and I joined the team officially maybe like a month ago, but the announcement was just yesterday. So now I can talk about it. What are you most stoked on? Is, is it the team? Is it, uh, I mean, every, everything is like being in Chamonix for an entire month before CCC is super helpful for me. Otherwise, I would have gotten here maybe maybe a week in advance. So this is super helpful. The other thing is that like just meeting everybody on the team, it's like back in New England, there's just not that many runners. So it's really cool to be here and feel like I have like just a ton of friends and a ton of people I can go training with every day, um, have dinner with, we all eat our meals together. It's, it, it's just been really fun. Let's talk about training. I was looking at your straw before we hit record here. Nine consecutive weeks of pretty high volume, just metronomic consistency. looks like about half the block was in that Northern Vermont, you know, Burlington, Waterbury corridor, half the block in Chamonix. I do want to talk about the Chamonix block or the portion of it, but walk us through first what you were doing back home to prepare for this race. I, I had one week in Cape Cod too. You can't forget about that one. It's a very in Provincetown. <laughs> uh, I mean, the thing I do in Vermont is like my regular runs are all on really hilly dirt roads. 
I try to like twice a week, get out on the mountain bike trails. So that's kind of more flowy vert, nothing crazy, but like just kind of nice to be on, on actual trails. And then generally once or twice a week, I was doing repeats on the Mount Mansfield gondola, which is like kind of like an ATV track underneath the gondola, really similar to like a lot of the trails here, which is really cool. It's, it's just 2000 feet up. You turn in two miles, you turn around, you go back down. I just would do a lot of repeats on that. So that was kind of my main training in Vermont. Um, and I was doing that as my long run for a few weeks. And then when I got here, been trying to see a good bit of the course. So for me, that's meant really like the second half. I haven't, didn't go over to core my ear just cause it's in the beginning. And I, I wanted to focus on seeing like where I'm going to be really, really fatigued in that second part of the race. Yep. So just been been previewing that. I did one pretty big like 55k long run here, which went really well. After like a week or two, I realized that I needed to do a couple flat runs a week or flatter runs. You can't really run flat here. Um, and then once I did that, I I started just feeling like really good, just because I was getting back into the kind of stuff I usually do in Vermont. But I've done a few track workouts, a few flat workouts, a few uphill things. Really consistent volume for me, like. I think probably between 16 and 18 hours a week, which for me is really high. So yeah, I feel really good about it. It's this is the most I've ever prepared for a race. Um, like I've never done any sort of course scouting before. Um, and I've never done this much consistent volume with this much consistent vertical gain. So I feel really good about everything. One question about Vermont and then a couple of questions about Chamonix with Vermont. Do you feel like do you feel like if you had the same sort of team environment and like a, a you know, a, a consistent set of training partners there to get ready for this race that like that Vermont, New Hampshire corridor would be a, a decent place to train for this race? Like I, I saw Jeff out there, Jeff Colt doing some last minute training in the whites and on the main AT, you got those great, you know, gondola repeats at Mansfield. C- could you string together a pretty applicable block there if, if, if maybe conditions were more hospitable from like a social standpoint? Yeah, I've gone back and forth on what I think about that. I I still think it's it is probably the best place in the U.S. to train for European style races, at least like like stuff in the Alps. Um, it because it is really similar. I didn't realize that it is kind of technical here. I thought everything was like California in Chamonix, but <laughs> there's there's a lot of that. But there's also a lot of really technical stuff. So, and I mean the the they rerouted the end of. CCC and UTMB and there's this descent in it now that's exactly like running down part of camel's hump. So there's a lot of really like funky stuff here. Yeah. I mean, there's some stuff that New England's missing for this, but overall I'm pretty happy with, with, with like, and if there were just unlimited training partners there, I think it would be the place to, to train for this. And then like, you could just leave in the winter and go stay somewhere else if you had to, like there's options. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was over in your, your neck of the woods a week or two ago and I was going up the Monroe trail to go summit camel's hump. And I felt like that was like almost like an East coast carbon copy of the bovine climb, you know, in the CCC race. Yeah. Cause you're going up, then it's kind of flat, then it's really steep. Um, exactly. Yeah. It is pretty good for that. Um, yeah. Next time in your town, next time you're in town, I'll take you up, uh, Bamforth Ridge and then you can make a really good loop out of that. Right on. Yeah, it's in, it's interesting that, you know, I was going to ask you about like what were sort of the before 
understandings of the CCC course versus now that you've been, you know, on the ground there for a bit, like what have been the new realizations? It looks, it sounds like one of them was just a greater appreciation of the, of the technical parts of the trail. Anything else that you were just glad to see ahead of time or that, you know, you had a perspective change on because you were there for three or four weeks? Yeah, I think a lot of the climbs are smaller than I thought, or like they feel smaller, which makes me feel really good. (laughs) Um, And the climbs are, they feel easier than back home, or I guess what I expected. And the other thing, like I thought it was really smooth, but I, like there is a lot of fast running on the course. So I think like I didn't really realize how quite how fast you have to run to do well here, which is yeah. really cool because I like to I like fast 100k kind of distance stuff. Yeah, like you can look at like Petter's splits from last year or, or other people's and just look at like average pace and it, it's really like when you're sitting in Vermont, you can think like oh that's not that crazy, but then once you get here and you see everything, it, it is like. I don't really understand the course because it is really hard, but you also still like you have to run super fast the whole time. So I guess that's kind of the biggest realization is just how good people are. Where are you at? Where would you say you're at physically right now? Like you've obviously, you know, you've been on an absolute tear the last 18 to 24 months, you know, back to back, I would say clutch performances at the ADK World Trail Champs. Has it been a, has it been a goal to sort of get back to that baseline in these last two and a half, three months, or, uh, trying to even, you know, surmount that, go above that. Like how how have you thought about that? I want to go above that. I mean, if I can get as fit as I was, or if I am as fit as I was for worlds in Innsbruck, I think this will go really well. I think I'm fitter than that just with the training I've had and like the more course knowledge I have here. But you never know, like it's such a 60 miles is so far. So we'll see, but I, I do feel really good. And, and I'm, I'm a lot more confident than I was at it, like in Innsbruck. And I think that it, that goes a long way for me. How come would you say, what do you, what do you chalk that up to? Just the training I've done here and in Vermont, like I, I've never done this much vert before. So like, like just being able to do. 20,000 plus in a week for me is a lot. So I, and I've done that, like I did that before Innsbruck, but I've had so many more consistent weeks there now. And like those numbers might not matter to some people, but to me, I, I think it's kind of cool. And I feel really good about the training I've had and just how I feel on runs here. You're one of the rare runners that, you know, maybe has that more fast or, among trail runners, at least like a road running disposition, but you also love the like you embrace the mountains, you love the mountains and you can perform in the mountains as well. Like I was talking with Ruth Croft before this about, you know, having that more true running background and then needing to adjust to the demands of this race and, you know, how, how certain things are, are more enjoyable than others and vice versa, but you kind of soak it all up. Yeah. I like doing everything. I mean, at this point I'm kind of sticking to more mountain stuff but like just talking with the team here and seeing what other people are doing for the rest of the year it's like oh like jfk does sound kind of fun or like templier does sound kind of fun which are both like a little bit faster courses um but yeah for right now i'm really enjoying the mountain stuff but like i i do still get out for a flat workout every week or something on the track like i did a track workout here maybe two weeks ago and it was like my best track workout i've had since college so 
Wow. Like I'm, I'm trying to hold like, a, I think it is really important to hold on to, to that side of running too, even if you're still focusing on more mountainous races. This UTMB coverage is also brought to you by Brooks. I first started using their products, especially the Cascadia 8 way back in 2014 during a through hike of the Appalachian Trail. Fast forward to 2023 and they have a new and improved Cascadia 17 shoe and a high point clothing collection that merges great performance and style. Check it all out over at brooksrunning.com forward slash single track. Also, thanks to Morton. I've been using their hydrogels, 225C bars, and caffeine drink mixes during all my key training runs and races this summer. It's sports nutrition made with all natural ingredients that go down easy and minimize palate fatigue so you can trust it during your longest efforts. Keep in mind, these are the same products used by top athletes like Tom Evans and Killian Jornet. So head over to Morton.com to take a look at what they got and try some for yourself. And finally, Thanks to Features, makers of my favorite trail running socks. They're durable, they're comfortable, and they're stylish. And again, these are also trusted by many of the best athletes in our sport. If you'd like to give them a try, head over to their website, grab a few pairs, and use code SINGLETRACK20 at checkout for 20% off your next order. With that, let's get back to the show. Regardless of the result here, or maybe maybe it is dependent on the result, does your season end in Chamonix, or um, are you going to extend it into you know November, December, end of the year? Yeah, I'm going to keep racing. I, I don't feel like I've done, like I've raced a good amount this year, but I don't feel like I've done too much. Um, I don't know what I'll do yet. Like some races that are on my mind are uh, the Hudson River 50, David Kilgore's race. Uh, just because it's it's in, New, like he'll tell you it's in New York City, but it's in New Jersey. And I, I grew up <laughs> in New Jersey. So it would be really cool to me to run a 50 mile race, like 20, mi- 20 minutes from where I grew up. And then if I don't do that, like I'll consider Cappadocia, the UTMB race in Turkey would be cool. And that's a really fast course as well. Uh, But I haven't really thought about it too much. Like I do also need to race in New England a few times this year. I haven't done it yet. Um, So I'm looking at some like low key kind of marathon 50K races. Um, There's this one called like Bear Brook Marathon or something. It's the end of September. I might do that. Um, or I might like, there's some crazy marathon at, I think it's at Mad River Glen now that has like 15,000 feet of gain. (laughs) So (laughs) I thought that sounded kind of cool. It's not like, like doing looped courses to get, to make it really hard. Isn't really my vibe, but like, I mean, I, I run up and down the gondola all the time. Like I'd probably do pretty decent there. So I'm not sure what I'll do yet, but I'm I'm definitely going to race a few more times. All right, last couple of questions for you. I it, it's more about like outlook of the race predictions. If you want to get into that that area, I might have missed it earlier. Would, like, if you're contextualizing your fitness right now, do you feel like you are either in the best shape of your life or at a level similar or slightly above to what you were at Worlds earlier in June? Yeah, I think at Worlds, I was in the best shape I've ever been in. But then now I think I'm in, like, I feel like I'm in better shape. And I think, like, my training would back that up. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is the best running, like, running shape I've ever been in. And then you, you talked about confidence earlier. And I guess I'm wondering tactically at this race, with with the confidence you have, with the results you've registered, 
does that influence the way you run this race? Are you, are you, are you going to fall into the camp of the person that just has like time goals in mind, splits in mind, and just works your way back from that? Or are you going to like on the live stream? Can we expect you to be in the thick of things, mixing it up at the very you know tip of the spear, the front of the race? So I talked about this with, uh, Petter and Corinne yesterday. I like there's two ways you could run the race. Like if you want to win, you can't run smart. Like you have to really like make some questionable decisions. Um, and some people can do that because they're the best in the world. I think for me here, like you can run smart and still get into the top five, which for me would be like, I'd be extremely happy with that. So, I mean, my plan is to kind of do what I did at worlds and is to pace off of drew for a little bit (laughs) (laughs) because drew to me, drew is like the, like the smartest runner. He just knows exactly when to go. Like, like you're still like, he, it's not like he like sandbags, like the dude is running fast, but it's like, you're still running within yourself. And then like, just knows when to go to, to get into the, into like the top five of a big race like this. So in the beginning, I'll probably try to stick with him and maybe try to get some other Americans to, to run with us. I think that would be pretty cool. I'm going to reevaluate things at Champaign And then like, if I feel good at Champaign I'm going to go for it and, and see how well I can do. But I think, I think by the time you're climbing at a Champaign you're going to have a pretty good idea of where you're going to end up. So I think overall, I'm I'm going to try to run pretty smart and see if I can get into like that top five at some point. Hopefully, it's at the end. That to me would would make a really exciting race, and it would be one that I'd be happy to run. So, right now, that's what I want to do. Imagining what finishing times could be at this race, factoring in possible weather, factoring in that course change. How prepared are you are you to run? You know a certain time at this race, like how, how fast do you think this year's race is going to be at the front in terms of finishing time? Like, are we looking at, you know, somewhere in the low tens, something different? What, what are your thoughts there? I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot. Cause I think like Petter breaking 10 hours kind of changed people's perception of what is possible at yeah. CCC. Like I've been saying that and people have been like saying it's like Roger Bannister running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do think the winner will be right around that 10 hour mark, maybe a little bit under the weather as of right now looks perfect, but it changes so quickly here. But yeah, I mean, I think you like people are going to have to run pretty fast. I think the like top five, top 10 are all going to be, I mean, like well under 11 hours, like top five, probably under all, all under 1030, I would imagine. Awesome. Eric, always great chatting with you. Thank you so much for the time. We'll make sure to link to all of your social media in the show notes. Any final thoughts you want to leave listeners and viewers with before we go? I don't think so. I think I I got it all. But thank you, Finn.